0: Hello and welcome back to the 26th episode of From the STEM Up. I'm really excited because now I have a new podcast microphone and so audio quality should be better. I uh, hope you enjoy this new episode. So hey Rishank, how's it going?
1: Hey, I'm doing pretty good.
0: Awesome. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit?
1: Sure. So I'm Rishank, uh, I'm a 14 year old student in 10th grade. I live in Popal, which is a city in India, not the super big metropolitan area that you might have heard of, uh, but it's still a pretty big city. I'm mostly interested in the Internet of Things and artificial intelligence, so that's mostly my jam.
0: Nice. What time is it uh, right now where you're at?
1: It's 9.46pm, pretty late in the night.
0: Yeah, for me it's 11.16am, so We are pretty far in uh, time difference, as I said before, but uh, I'm super glad that we are able to talk today. Um, Do you have any uh, favorite subjects at school?
1: Uh, That's a tough one because I'm not that one-dimensional kind of guy, right? Like that that Mm. guy who's only into maths and nothing else. I do like maths uh, and I do like physics, but I'm also a pretty big fan of history and geography and literature.
0: For sure, you know I totally connect with that. Like I'm definitely not someone who is super good at one thing. I like to put my hands in every subject. Um, I I like to apply all the different kinds of skills together, um, and I think that's like that's what makes such a well-rounded person. Um, like I do appreciate people who are like specialists and are really interested in one subject. Um, but yeah, I think, I, think that, I think that not having one favorite subject in school is totally normal. Um, but on the STEM side, what does STEM mean to you?
1: So this might be different from what STEM means to other people, obviously. But for me, STEM is all about problem solving.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, it really is a key tool to solve one of some of the greatest problems in the world. Um, and, and I've asked this question, 26 times, you know, and, and every time it's a little different. Um, but I think it, it really roots around the, the concept of problem solving um, because it, it is super, like, all different components of STEM are interconnected and they're very important in helping shape the world we, we have today and innovate in, in that sense. Um, and you mentioned some of your interests in tech and healthcare before we started this episode. Um, so what is, or who sparked your interest in these fields and why?
1: A super uh, interesting question, at least personally for me, because it's always kind of worthwhile reflecting on why you're doing what you're doing, right? Because it's pretty, it's pretty artificial if you're just doing something with a materialistic goal in mind. So yeah, I'd say uh, how I got started into like tech and social impact. It basically started with healthcare and my both my parents are doctors and my dad works for the government of India. So he's, he's constantly like going to, uh, I mean, uh, he's constantly visiting different clinics in the region that are government run. And I guess this is the case for most third world countries but government run clinics are not of like the best quality they have shortages of staff they have shortages of medicine equipment and stuff like that so it's just a really difficult working condition so once uh, my dad took took me with him to one of his like visits to these hospitals and that was just like a really big shift for me for me so basically just transitioning from this sheltered kind of life where i just thought every everything was great and everybody used to live comfortably to this kind of Uh, being exposed to the harsh realities of the world, right? Like not everybody can afford uh, all the food they want. Not everybody can get like a comfortable place to sleep in. Not everybody can access the education and the healthcare they need. That's kind of what sparked my initial interest.
0: I connect with that because I live in a bubble here in Waterloo, Canada, and I don't realize my privilege uh, until I start you know, interviewing a lot of people, connecting with people, um, and I see those stories online, um, and it really humbles me to know that uh, these problems exist, and I'm, you know, like, some of the problems I have are not as big as others experience, and I realize that those of you listening right now that, you know, have things like uh, uh, meals every day, uh, tech to use, those things are, are things that you shouldn't take for granted um, because just as Rushong said, once you start learning what the stories and visiting those places, you'll realize um, how different it is for people around the world. It is pretty hard to, once you do have those things, to kind of look outside your bubble, but um, I encourage you to do that. Um, and Learn, learn about different perspectives of people around the world. Um, maybe go listen to my other episodes as well. Um, and you'll listen to some international perspectives of how people live around the world. And I think it'll give you a really good uh, perspective of, you know, what you have and what you can do to change or to make the world a better place. Because the only way you know what problems there are is if you listen to other people and their voices. So once we utilize STEM and we uh, apply it to our community, I think we can really make an impact. So you're really interested in tech and healthcare. Uh, so what is your dream career or profession?
1: That's uh, always uh, a tricky question, right? Because there's, there's just so many different visions I have and, and different things I want to do. So uh, And I really don't think there's like any company in the world who has a person that they keep specifically on task for solving problems. So I don't think that's a thing. But if there, if something like that exists, uh, that's probably my dream job. And if it doesn't, I'm gonna create one. Really, a startup that focuses on social problems around the world, healthcare, and not just healthcare, but also water issues, electricity, and uh, internet access and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I like that idea of professional problem solver you could definitely just be a freelance professional problem solver i mean i think that every business uh, or, or most businesses at least whatever role you are in uh, whether you are a medical practitioner whether you're an engineer whether you're a human resources manager um, you are solving problems and you are focusing on you know specific tasks um, but i think as the future progresses we're seeing a lot more people become much more multidisciplinary roles, such as entrepreneurs, such as social entrepreneurs too. Um, in the future, we will see more successful people be those well-rounded people that are not, you know, only focusing on one specific task. I think they are applying a lot of different things because, really, the whole world is a system. Um, so if we know how to, you know, solve systems. Uh, solve communities, solve big like problems. Like, just like, I think what you're trying to uh, find is think tanks. So these are, um, I think there's a couple think tanks in my community. There's one for physics um, and there's, and I know some uh, elsewhere in Canada, uh, there's some focused on like urban development, um, but they're places where you just like think about things and solve very big problems. Um, So I think those would be very good places for you to kind of look into. Um, So if you search up like think tank online, they're just like institutes um, where people think about big things like black holes, for for instance, um, or new technologies. I think that would be a really cool place where you could uh, consider looking into you in the future.
1: Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I do think of them now, especially when you pointed that out that think tanks are basically places where people uh, come and sit about uh, and sit and think about the world's biggest problems. That that definitely sounds super interesting. There's something, I guess, something that's, I don't know. I you, It depends on how you frame it. You could call it a problem or you could call it like a virtue. But I just cannot just sit and think about stuff. Like it's it's okay for a couple of days. But after that, I just have this urge to go out and actually do stuff actually make an impact actually interact with people and get to see like the impact my work is having physically
0: no yeah like i'm thinking um maybe you could even start your own where it's a really it's like an impact hub or tank you know where you just where people come in i mean i don't really think those exist right now just because of things like um economic constraints you know if we want to solve like the biggest problems in the world um, then it, it, it would take a lot of people, right? Uh, it would take a lot of people to come together and solve it. So that could be a possibility. You could kind of uh, think about that a little bit, or you could just kind of go through the entrepreneurial route. So again, making your own kind of uh, initiative or impact company where you could um, like invite people with you as teammates to, really ideate and innovate on like problems in your community. So um, would you like to expand on the community you're in right now and kind of the problems that you noticed um, and, and some of the things that you you would like to change in your community, I guess?
1: Yeah, for sure. Again, I am kind of confused on where to start with this one because there just there are just so many different problems and issues that people in my community face, especially because there's this huge economic divide, uh, which I guess is another feature of a lot of the world, but there's this huge divide between the middle and the upper classes, and and the people who just cannot get enough to even survive by. So I guess especially a lot of the issues I know these are with uh, regards to inequity. So it's not, for example, it, there, it isn't like there isn't healthcare available or clean water available. It's just that it's going to the wrong people. Like, there is healthcare and a lot of it is available, really high quality healthcare, but it's only limited to people who can pay the money required. Then there's also, for example, food. Right, like India wastes a lot of food. Uh, India in general and even in my community I see so much food wasted on a daily basis even though there are literally millions of people who cannot get access to the nutritious food they need. So for example the state I live in, uh, so I live in Bhopal in Madhya Pradesh which is a really underdeveloped part of India because it's landlocked and we don't have any coasts, we don't have many minerals or resources. So it's been basically uh, kind of shut off uh, of the development that the rest of India has experienced. So, yeah, I guess the main issues I notice are with regards to inequity. And yeah, that's something I'd like to work on.
0: Really, these entrepreneurial ventures, and I think you are very qualified to uh, go down that path, um, starts from finding something in the community that you don't like. Um, For example, food waste or the economic divide and figuring out, okay, how can I solve that? And I know it's a very big far-fetched problem, but I think those moonshot companies that impact lots of people, you could try to find something that could help uh, those people. So start in your community, but then expand it to the world. Like, how can I help the world?
1: I have heard of moonshot companies before, and there's this uh, subsidiary of Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google, called X the Moonshot Factory. And that's basically like, that's basically been my dream job. If uh, now that I think about it in middle school, that was the place I wanted to be. So X the Moonshot Factory is basically the part of Google that works on moonshot projects, uh, like the ones you mentioned. So basically, uh, helping social problems in the entire world, not just particular communities. So yeah, that's definitely that definitely sounds super interesting and something uh, I'd be happy doing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I will definitely look into that. Um, if any of y'all are interested in what we were just talking about right now, you can you can check out that because I think that kind of career path is pretty new, but it's something that um, in in maybe ten or twenty years will be will be very impactful, especially with a lot of the events such as climate change that are really um, surging up. If you've heard of the the sustainable development goals, focusing on those big problems such as poverty, such as, uh, you know, peace, such as sustainable cities. Right. Those are very big concepts that could be applied all around the world. Um, So definitely look into things like the X Moonshot Factory. Um, and I think that concludes our first segment of this episode. And we'll talk a little bit more about what Rushank has been doing so far. He's been doing a bunch of things. So I'm really excited for the next segment. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast and want to be a guest on it, go check out from the stemup.media and you'll be able to find all the social links, the Discord community link, as well as the sign up link. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that break. So this next segment, as I said, we're going to be talking about uh, some of your projects. Uh, So we're going to first start with your research that you've been doing. So do you want to kind of recap some of the research you've been doing? You've been doing, you've been working on two papers.
1: Yeah. So research is something I've been really passionate about because entrepreneurship and research are like two parts, uh, two different components that make a really good a really good social impact project. You can't have either one of those alone uh, making such a huge impact, right? So my first research project really started when I was 12 uh, in the summer of 2018. So as I mentioned before, uh, I just visited with my dad a few government clinics and seen the overworked conditions there. And since uh, since I had recently learned AI and convolutional neural networks, I wanted to kind of bring those different ideas together to make something impactful. The first problem, the main problem I noticed was with radiologists because obviously they're uh, in huge demand and they're really professionally trained. So there's not a lot of supply. So going to like the economic side, there's huge demand, but not a lot of supply. So the existing radiologists that do work in government clinics are super overworked and they make errors in their diagnosis. So I wanted to somehow help them using AI to kind of supplementing their work, not entirely replacing them, but just aiding them in what they were doing. So that's kind of what started my first project. I got into contact with a couple of professors at a local university, and we worked on building a convolutional neural network. Eventually we got it up to like 97.4% accuracy which was pretty huge and it was a major moment. So we, uh, that was kind of when our research culminated. So we basically had a record of all the things that we were doing and that's how we published uh, the research paper. And obviously for those professors, it wasn't a major thing. Like it was major, but they had published research papers before. But for me, it feels like my absolute first research product. And I was just amazed that a person, uh, I was not even a teenager, And I was just amazed that I could actually bring about real change. And my second project that I've been working on, uh, it's almost finished. It's uh, about to be published soon in a few weeks. It's it's based on liver disease. So liver disease is another type of condition that takes away a lot of lives each year. And so basically uh, I was working on using textual data. So text-based and numerical data and diagnosing Uh, liver disease using that
0: yeah for sure uh that's awesome that you were able to reach that 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 percent of accuracy um and that really just shows you know that age doesn't really matter in terms of what you can accomplish if you go reach out sorry if you go reach out to your local professor or uh institution or university um it doesn't really have to be a university it can be just a personal project but don't uh don't think that just because of your age you can't do something in in ruchang's case it was you know something with tech social impact uh, maybe something with the medical field they're very uh like like they're both very impactful paths but i think there's a common misconception that like you can either do research or you can either like go into the industry but i think both are very needed um like you need some of those numbers you need that research to uh, you know, apply to your company or business, you'll probably be doing both fields. So those are really great points you just uh, had there and really, really awesome work you've been doing. Uh, we can move on to some of the other projects you've been doing. So you, you've been very involved in social work. So you've been involved in a bunch of organizations. Do you wanna list some of them um, and explain your role in, in, in them?
1: Yeah, for sure. So the first um, how kind of this started was with the first organization i worked with which was the National Health Mission it's a government of india agency that is responsible for ensuring that people in the poorest parts of india get decent quality healthcare so i was lucky that they had a regional office here because obviously as i said my state is pretty uh, pretty underdeveloped compared to other parts of india so they had a, they had an office there and i brought to them the research I was doing with convolutional neural networks and radiologists. And it seemed super interesting to them. So they agreed to start working with me on that. And while I was helping them out with implementing that portion, they also approached me and they they were like, we have this other idea for an app and could you help us make that? And obviously I agreed because it was a huge opportunity for me to test my skills in the field because I was also learning app development and I obviously had experience, a lot of experience by then. So I wanted to use that, that skill too for impact. So that was the first organization I worked with. I worked on the projects for over a year, just implementing everything and testing and just doing a couple of test rounds and then setting the final product uh, and stuff like that. So the whole process. After that, there's an international uh, nonprofit called iPass. That works on maternal mortality, so basically health equity in terms of gender, which is again a pretty big issue. So I worked uh, on another app for them too, and again, the project took 18 months, something in that range. And right now, uh, the third organization I'm working with is the Uni- the United Nations Development Program or the UNDP. So again, uh, this is like the biggest organization I've worked with yet, and I'm really Uh, I'm really grateful that they offered me the opportunity to be able to use my AI skills and help them with what they're doing. So I cannot reveal too many details about this because I'm under a non-disclosure agreement, but I am working with them on a couple of things in their vaccine cold chain monitoring system. So, yeah, I've been basically working with national organizations, then moving on to international nonprofits. And finally, I got the chance to work with a United you know, United Nations organization.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think this really ties into that moonshot vision that we've had before. Um, in terms of your big vision surrounding problem solving and helping the world, um, that's awesome that you've been already involved in 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 international organizations and national organizations. And I think I think this is a very great um, opportunity that not a lot of. Uh, people your age do, and I think that's very impressive. Um, and using your knowledge in the fields of tech, AI, and uh, the, the social impact in medical fields, I think those are really coming together. Um, and um, I'm, I'm really excited for what you're going to achieve in the future. Um, and you've also had a startup called Be- uh, Betzos. Do you wanna expand on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so Betzos, again, uh, I started working on that when I was 12 which I guess you might be noticing a pattern here, but I really just got into tech and social impact uh, a lot when I was 12, so in eighth grade. And that's kind of when a lot of my major projects started. So Betso's was, uh, I guess this is like the classic startup story. It was me and my cousin in literally our garage. And it was just a passion project we were working on. So using some of the skills we'd learned, uh, app development and Arduinos and stuff like that, were working on like uh, we were working on educational technology or edutech Uh, that's like a different industry that's kind of a different industry from social impact because edutech is mostly aimed at schools and institutions so but yeah again that was kind of related too because education is again a a social requirement so we worked on a couple of projects uh, worked on apps and uh, a couple of hardware projects And we even got one of our uh, inventions patented. So that was a pretty big moment for us. Uh, After that, we just kind of started contacting and reaching out to schools uh, in our region. Two of them agreed to help us test out our products. So we took three of our products and tested them in the field. And after that, we ended up selling two of them and we got a pretty good revenue stream going. After that, though, it was kind of it became kind of busy for both of us as high school started. And so we couldn't work on it anymore. But that's always an experience I remember fondly.
0: You know, starting a business in high school is something that um, is pretty challenging, uh, especially when you're trying to get those good grades. And, you know, uh, I, like businesses are really a full time, uh, you know, involvement. So that's really awesome. Um, and getting that. And, and getting something patented is also, I mean, like, I think it's a long process as, um, here in Canada. I'm not really sure about it in India, but that's really awesome that you were able to patent something and then you have something of your own. Um, where do you think uh, Betsos is going to go in the future?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question because I haven't thought too deeply about it either. But I definitely do not think we should let this uh, experience go to waste and while Sos might not exist in its, in its own form. I definitely think we'll use uh, everything we learned from our experience in Betso's while working on other projects. So while working in, with international organizations or just working on passion projects, entering competitions and other things. So I definitely think Betso's is gonna continue on in some abstract form, even if it may not in like the concrete organization or company form. And relating to what you said uh, about uh, managing a business in high school, obviously that's a huge time commitment. And that's one reason why we don't want to get involved too much in the entrepreneurship side of things. Cause again, that's a huge time commitment. And that's one reason why uh, to any listeners listening this, I recommend that middle school is actually a great time for all this stuff. Cause middle school, you aren't really concerned about your GPA and grades don't matter that much, you don't have too much extracurricular involvement either. So middle school is ideally the best time to do something like this.
0: Starting early is is a really good idea, um, but even if you you know, didn't do anything in middle school and you want to start something right now, kind of starting slow and having a team to help divide it up, what is your advice for time management?
1: Right, so time management is always uh, an important, Aspect of everybody's life, right? Because if you can get a good hold on time management, then that's just going to accelerate the impact you can have. And even if you're a really talented person, if you can not manage your time properly, then it's going to be difficult for you to reach your full potential. So I myself have struggled with that sometimes in middle school and even in early high school, but I do find that what works a lot for me is Um, obviously working on the projects that I'm actually interested in because when I'm actually interested in something it goes much much farther and I have a lot of motivation to actually finish it so I definitely recommend not picking uh, or not joining clubs that you aren't interested in or extra commitments that feel like a burden to you because if they feel like a burden to you then you're going to have to force yourself to do them and that's just not a very good idea obviously there are uh commitments that you have to do that you might not particularly enjoy doing and for them uh, i guess the best way is to just make a list of the stuff you have to do and just do it like as nike would say just do it just make a list of the stuff sit down and start working on it and you'll be surprised by how little time it actually took compared to what you had thought about it so those that might not seem like super sophisticated advice, but but that's the principle I've been following.
0: Yeah, I've also had experience with some involvements I've been doing that were were good at the start, but then um, once they became a burden to me, I, you know, just uh, hopped out because I knew that that I wasn't uh, mentally involved in that anymore. And that when I'm not excited to do something, like every time that someone signs up for my podcast, I'm like, yes, another person to talk to, you know, it's, it's really exciting for me, um, to, to be able to talk to people or like, like all around the world. So the podcast is something that I look forward to, but if you are not looking forward to some of the things you're doing, um, and you're only doing them for, uh, you know, I don't know, applications or a resume, it's really not going to help you or your mental health. Um, and as Ruchong said, sometimes I kind of, Think about things and, like, oh, that's going to take so much time. I'm not going to do it. And it makes me procrastinate even more. But when I just get down and do it, like, it, it actually takes a lot less time when you're in that focused state and you just do it. And then um, at the end of the day, you have more time to do things that you want to do, like just free time at the end is, is going to be really good to maintain that mental and physical health. Um, that's, that's really important for keeping you motivated throughout your uh, student journey.
1: So it's just absolutely shocking how much more you can get done early in the morning compared to pulling an all-nighter. Like I personally didn't realize this until July of this year, which is super late. And honestly, I wish I'd known about this before, but just waking up at 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. or whatever time works for you, anything before 6 a.m. is just going to transform your day into this cycle of productivity, right? Because you wake up and you feel nice about the weather and everything, the sunlight, and it motivates you to get started on your work. So you get started and then you actually see results and then that motivates you even further. And then you just continue. It's it's kind of like a vicious cycle, except it's not really vicious, it's, uh, it's super fun.
0: For sure, yeah. I think that um, a lot of people think productivity is like, hammering every single assignment in the span of two hours but i think productivity is taking breaks it's um recharging your brain i think this this will end off our episode if you want to kind of connect with ruchonk i would go check out his linkedin um and his website which will be linked down below also his youtube channel Um, so he's been doing a bunch of things. Uh, you can check out some of the events he's been speaking at, um, some of the uh, hackathons um, and uh, some of the awards he's gotten um, and also his contact information. So if you want to contact him in the future and thank you so much, Rushang for bearing with me. Uh, we've, we've actually had a lot of Wi-Fi problems here and there, um, but I'm really glad that we got this episode recorded. Do you have anything else to say before we uh, conclude?
1: This has been super fun talking with you about moonshot companies, entrepreneurship, research, and how all of that ties into social impact. I think we've had a great conversation so far, and I hope anybody listening has some takeaways of their own. And that's always the aim of any discussion, right? Whenever you're hearing the podcast, it's for you to look at things from a perspective you might not have encountered before. And I hope we fulfill that purpose pretty well
0: for sure like today i learned about a new part of the world and that's one of the coolest things ever that even despite this pandemic i'm able to connect with you all right you guys uh see you next week or in a couple weeks and remember to always ask questions think think big think moonshot company and stay curious bye